Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Ah, welcome to American Liberties Call. It is Wednesday, the 21st, my daughter's birthday. I was saying happy birthday, but she's not listening. Anyhow, um, thank you, everybody, for coming on the call. Um, As always, um, or like most of the time, I didn't get to the channel quick enough to write what the subject is going to be. And even if I did, I wasn't sure what the subject is going to be. But I know what it's about, the subject matter. It's about the criminality environment, the swamp, that we have to contend with on a day-to-day basis. And let me tell you something. I'm sure Dave is going to expound on it. But, you know, when I went to tax court and then went to the 11th Circuit, you know, we switch. Um, we switched arguments. I didn't stay on the argument that I went in the tax court with, and um, and I kind of changed my my position and everything. And but still, in all, we went into the Eleventh Circuit, bringing up new issues, and now we're going to the Supreme Court. But there's a case that um, I saw the brief, and it is awesome. Not only is it awesome, the tax court didn't even challenge it and went in and now is going in into the circuit court based on their agreement. And and again, Dave will, you know, uh, elaborate more on it if he wishes to, but it is awesome. I mean, it's I feel just so good about it. I've read it um, I didn't, I'm not going to tell you I read it. I browsed through it twice because there's so much to read and a lot of it is repetitive, which isn't bad to read again. But being that I'm busy sometimes, I just can't sit there and read a document of things I've already read several times before. But the points that he brings out that I haven't read before are awesome. And, and this is stuff that you're going to be able in, in the near future, if you haven't already, be, be able to pick up and use on a daily basis when you're talking to these people. Because to me, what we're doing is we're directing traffic. And what I mean by that, you're directing them into a dead-end road where they, where they can't go anywhere. And, you know, because a lot of times, over the years, I see people argue, and the government will weigh their argument over here, and you, all your attention goes over to where they're waving their argument, and you forget the argument that you were on. Well, this ain't the case anymore. They can try to wave the argue, uh, wave their argument over there, but you're directing the traffic to come over here to a dead-end street, that you can't come out of this dead-end street until you tell me the secret law. What, you know, the law is a secret, and we need to know about it in order for me to be guilty of willful failure to file, in order for me to pay the income tax if it is, in fact, an income tax. Because if it's not, it's extortion. So keep you know, learn how to direct traffic. Learn to bring them to you and and, and then bring it to them and direct them in, in a position where they can't answer. And I think that's about to happen. Wouldn't you agree, Dave? Uh, anything you say, Chris. There you go. See? End of call. <laughs> See you later. Okay, I'm going to put you on mute and go ahead. Thank you. <clears throat> Yeah, this might not be something that uh, you can use in daily life against these people, um, even as 
adept and experienced as is Pastor Don in Washington State here at Lean and Levy work. Uh, victories are few and far between, but a certain extension that it's it's been there all along, and uh, all this ironing out of the issue has gotten me to settle down really to uh, better appreciate, not uh, appreciate for the first time, but to better appreciate that we're in the driver's seat. They're violating Section 83. And how are they doing it? They have a standard. You didn't buy your labor before you sold it, so everything you receive when you sell your labor is a profit. Property within which you have no basis is excluded from cost. Why? Not because of the law. Because of a preference in the executive branch and it's not my fault Congress has gotten used to it I have to go by the law as it reads so that everybody lives by the same rules and the law says all properties are cost but there's a preference oh except labor that is the creation of a subject of income taxation we're excluding labor from cost means we're including labor in profit so we can tax it. Congress didn't include it in cost or uh, in profit. And the executive did. By preference alone, the 16th Amendment says only Congress can lay and collect an income tax. And here we have the executive choosing the subject of a tax. And so I've added a 16th Amendment challenge to the Section 83 argument in this appeal that is, I presume, uh, was mailed today to the 11th Circuit, or uh, excuse me, the 7th Circuit out of Indiana U.S. Tax Court. <clears throat> I think that's funny. So the uh, the uh, argument that citizens of the U.S. are only named in regulation, that's an argument that the executive branch wrote this regulation and it names the subject of the tax and therefore, it's a violation of the 16th Amendment. The second argument, hey, Section 83 says all property is a cost, but they didn't write a regulation that says accept labor. Regulation supports the argument. All property is a cost. So what defeats regulation and statute? A preference. We simply choose to exclude labor from cost. And you have to get in line with it, citizen breath. That is the executive, just as in the first instance, identifying the subject of a tax that otherwise would not be the subject of a tax. The second argument, they didn't do it through regulation. Instead, they did it through arbitrary edict. Whereas in the first argument, they wrote a regulation that says citizens of the U.S. owe this tax. <clears throat> So there's two violations of the 16th Amendment alleged in the Seventh Circuit brief. Uh, very, especially for the, okay. And this dovetails perfectly into what uh, I was going to surprise everybody with today. <clears throat> it makes a constitutional argument other than due process out of the Section 83 argument. <clears throat> The reason making an argument a constitutional argument, uh, it's a bedrock argument. It's a, a broad challenge, but it's always been just Section 83. Adding the Constitution to it, you qualify for a certain class of challenges that you might not otherwise qualify for. And I'm talking about uh, vacating conviction. If you're just on the phone, you want to write this down. I got this document today from other property, I think it was. And he's on the call. But get ready to write this down. It's my website, wevgov.com 
W-E-V-G-O-V, as in we versus government, wevgov.com slash, this is all lowercase, no spaces, wevgov.com slash class.pdf, class.pdf. And there you have the Supreme Court decision in the case of Rod Class, who was busted for possession of firearms on the grounds of a um, of a uh, municipal a um, what's the word am I looking Washington D.C. jurisdiction uh, property. Gosh, I just had that sucker right here on the desktop. Hang on. There it is right there. Okay. Yeehaw. And um, it's a run-of-the-mill type of ruling. Uh, it isn't that the statute's unconstitutional because it prohibits guns. Um, sorry, Tapper. Tapper can't get audio today. Uh, they can uh, They can check back in and... Uh, download this call because here on 87488 Chris records every call my archive is at 59615 59615 this is a uh, an opinion of the Supreme Court decided February 21st that was a long time ago it was like a couple hours uh, of 2018 and the grounds for vacating his conviction uh, are run-of-the-mill. It's something that's well-established, but it does tie directly into my having made the Section 83 argument a constitutional argument as well as the first one, that they both violate the, uh, the 16th Amendment. The first one, the regulation violates the 16th Amendment because it identifies the subject of attacks. And the second one, it's the whim, the preference that labor not be cost that violates the 16th Amendment. So the Rod Class decision, I'm looking at um, page two, uh, will give you the meat of it. And uh, the case was decided in B of the syllabus. In this case, Class neither expressly nor implicitly waived his constitutional claims by pleading guilty. As this court understands them, the claims at issue here do not contradict the terms of the indictment or the written plea agreement, and they can be resolved on the basis of the existing record. Class challenges the government's power to criminalize his admitted conduct and thereby calls into question the government's power to constitutionally prosecute him. A guilty plea does not bar a direct appeal in these circumstances. But the appellate court has said, oh yeah, yes it does, you pled guilty, you can't, you can't challenge it now based on the unconstitutionality of a statute. Wrong. You can challenge jurisdiction anytime. Did you hear the leap I just made? A constitutional challenge to the charging statute is a jurisdictional challenge. You'll find plenty of case law on that. Uh, this is a subject that I've, I've blanketed, okay, is uh, uh, qualifying for appeal in criminal cases. Um, probably over six or 700 cases about this, <clears throat> mostly federal appellate cases plenty of Supreme Court cases. And uh, in the next paragraph, C, they cite one of those, uh, uh, the Mena Blackledge doctrine. The uh, Supreme Court has uh, had a lot of really nice discussions about the right to appeal and the constitutionality of a criminal conviction and a lack of a waiver of rights. You can't waive jurisdiction, so no matter what you plead guilty to, you can't waive rights to challenge the constitutionality of a statute because you can't, with a waiver, the plea agreement has a waiver in it. You waive rights to challenge this, don't you? Oh, yeah, let me sign here. It's a contract. 
and uh, you can't contract jurisdiction to the court. The court has jurisdiction over offenses. And if it's unconstitutional, there's no offense before the court because an unconstitutional prosecution means no conviction. And so by making Section 83 a constitutional challenge, um, if it survives a guilty plea, why wouldn't it survive a, re a reservation in tax court? I reserve this issue to appeals. So um, anyway, these two together, and of course, congratulations to Rod Class. You won in the Supreme Court, pal, even though it's a well-ironed-out issue. And now what circuit was this coming from? Uh, oh, from the District of Columbia Circuit. Okay, so the D.C. Circuit jumped in with the Ninth Circuit there and contradicted a whole bunch of Supreme Court cases uh, to say that, uh, oh, no, you waived rights to challenge the constitutionality of the statute. You can't waive that right, and the Supreme Court spanked them for it. So it's an easy victory in the Supreme Court. It should have never had to go this far. So a totally confused standard in the appellate level was used to preserve the conviction, and he went all the way to the Supreme Court. And hang on, I'm going back to the top of the document. Um, let's see here. This is the opinion. I haven't read the briefs. I'll bet you this was an amicus brief filed by the uh, other Judge Alito is dissenting or dissented. Excuse me, that was terrible grammar. <clears throat> Um, the briefing, I will bet, came from a firm arguing as a friend of the court or an appointed counsel for the purposes of a criminal defendant in the Supreme Court. So anyway, uh, congratulations, Rod Class, right on. The legal topic on which his convictions vacated is run-of-the-mill. But more power to you. You won in the Supreme Court. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my hat's off to Rod Class, right on. But uh, here's really the underlying point I wanted to, to stress is that the argument was won inside of the box. It wasn't sui juris. Uh, it wasn't notorial protest. Uh, it wasn't failure to enact Title 18 or any of the rest of the, all the whatevers that he would have liked to have raised, all capital letters, all the rest of it. Uh, you know what he's keen on. And it wasn't because of any of that. They were arguing inside of the box that you can't waive the constitutionality of a statute in a guilty plea. Right. On direct appeal, he uh, challenged the constitutionality of that statute, and they said, you can't do that, and we're upholding the conviction. And the Supreme Court said, no, he could do that. So it's vacated and sent it back to the lower court. Now what are they going to do? We'll see. Uh, they have certain options. Uh, I'm not going to stand here and tell you I know of all their options. You want to know of all the options, you go ask the deviates that crank those wheels. They'll know all the options. We pay them to know it. Uh, exploitation of our ignorance is part of their jobs. <laughs> Just ask them. It's everywhere. So uh, congratulations, Rod Class. Um, more power to you. Now, the Seventh Circuit briefing has gone in, and the 16th Amendment extension to the Section 83 argument was made in the briefing that other property who is on the call uh, filed in the Seventh Circuit today. I presume it's gone into the mail. And um, here we go. Whoopie-doo. And uh, he is the first person I've had come to me for a pleading who had a strictly Chapter 2 self-employment social security controversy. Nobody else has had that. So I separated Social Security from the 1.1-1 argument and made it issue A. First things first, 
I don't owe that Social Security amount that's part of this deficiency. So he's the first one that's had standing, that's come to me, uh, standing to challenge Social Security. Yay. Amen. Right on. Let's go. Second issue, uh, left only now with Chapter 1, I'm only named in regulation. 1.1-1. The next argument, Section 83, all property is a cost. The next argument, void for vagueness. It's not imposed by clear language. You should void the assessments. And the last one, tax code section 7345, a new one, went into effect last summer. Says if you have a controversy of 50000 or more with the IRS and a lien or levy is in place and you're not on a payment plan, they can take away your passport privileges or invalidate existing passports. And that's being challenged, saying that you can't get review in tax court. And then, yes, Missouri Republic, I'll give you the uh, the link again in just a second. Don't type it into the chat, folks, because it's going to disappear after this show. Um, so uh, the, um, oh, man, what was I just saying? Um, oh, the uh, passport privileges, I'm deprived of review. I can't have review in tax court. These are illegal arguments. And then I raise them on appeal for the first time, and they say, you should have raised them in tax court. You can't raise them now. And that's not a sufficient basis to deprive me of a substantial right. Missouri Republic, here comes the link. It's very simple. It's all lowercase, no spaces. Yes, Rod Class 1 in the Supreme Court. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. My hat's off to them. Yes. <laughs> wevgov.com my website wevgov.com slash class.pdf all lowercase wevgov.com slash class.pdf there's the Supreme Court decision that came out today so um, uh, fantastic news more power to the guy uh, to anybody okay if you can defeat a conviction for any reason and they still might go back and re-prosecute them. It's just a procedural point. They said you can't raise it on appeal. The circuit court might take it back and say, okay, we'll decide the issue and render a decision. Then he has to go back to the Supreme Court. So it's not over for him. And uh, the grounds on which he got his uh, his victory are really run-of-the-mill. Of course, you can challenge the constitutionality of a statute even if you render a guilty plea. Period. Plenty of case law on that on every circuit. Now, um, it helps me in exactly that way to have extended the Section 83 argument to include a challenge uh, alleging that it's a 16th Amendment violation, this mere preference that labor not be included in cost. It is the identification of a subject of an income tax that otherwise would not be a subject performed by the executive branch. That is a 16th Amendment violation. It's always been right in front of me. It's always been right in front of all my students, and I'm still the first one to pick up on it. Hey, uh, no senior moments here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Missouri Republican is a great day. So um, so anyway, there's the uh, frame for the Seventh Circuit briefing. <laughs> and then there's Tax Court California that February 2nd received a tax court petition, U.S. Tax Court, uh, over the health care bill, $495 um, class.pdf, Missouri, class.pdf. Um, the uh, California petition, he has a $495 penalty for not getting health insurance, and so he's argued in his tax court petition, Congress has no authority under the Commerce Clause to uh, compel commerce. They can regulate commerce, but they can't compel commerce. Also, by not getting health insurance, I exercise three constitutional rights, my right to not associate, my right to not enjoy my property, and my right to not contract. And this penalty 
penalizes me for exercising rights, it's unconstitutional. Uh, Murdoch versus Pennsylvania, wevgov.com slash murdoch.zip. Uh, I think the whole tutorial is linked from uh, twopotus.com, twopotus.com. So anyway, that challenge is made to the health care penalty, and then a challenge is made to the regulations under Section 6201A, which obviously limits assessment authority to stamp taxes, foreign insurers, and casinos, the 4300s and 4400s of the tax code. I'm not a staff taxpayer. How come they can assess me under other chapters? Because they wrote a regulation under 6201A that doesn't even use the term stamp. It just says all taxes. So we're challenged, uh, he's challenging that regulation as an undue oh, derogation of statute, meaning it broadens statute or it uh, vitiates statute, it destroys a And that they unduly acquired agency authority that would not otherwise exist under statute. Um, so that challenge, which hasn't been in a brief in many years, I've concentrated on really the, the heavier lifting arguments, really, exclusively. But I dragged this one out for the hell of it because the guy's assessment is only $2,300. He says, I could take this out of the bank and pay it right now, but I want to screw with the government. <laughs> and I said, okay, you got you know, the right guy and wrote him up a briefing and and uh, <laughs> here <laughs> here's your petition right here and he's going to go all the way to the Supreme Court out of the Ninth Circuit it's uh, the uh, California U.S. Tax Court he has to appeal to the Ninth Circuit we know they'll never pay him any respect at all so it has to go to the Supreme Court and it's obvious we have that procedure down now <laughs> so here we go Yahoo other property is on his way uh, Missouri Republic, you might not have heard this before, but when that happens, I always go, oh, Northwest Arkansas, where the uh, toothbrush was invented. You know how you can tell? Anywhere else, it would have been called the teeth brush. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, the uh, briefings that are right now underway in the courts, in the face of the DOJ, it's funny, uh, out of tax court in uh, the Ninth Circuit, Karen Fujita, she um, she gets her appellate briefing from me raising all new issues that tax court will penalize you for. And there's one attorney on her case when she filed her notice of appeal. Then they receive her brief and the evidence, and they added four attorneys to her case on appeal. And so... Now, both her and Chris are petitioning the Supreme Court, and uh, what a hoot. It's, uh, it's a riot. Now, to challenge subject matter jurisdiction using these issues, uh, there's a defendant in a U.S. district court who has friends willing to write affidavits saying, I've known uh, Benjamin. I've known Benjamin for 20 years, and Benjamin has always impressed me as somebody who doesn't believe for one minute he has a duty to file or a duty to pay, and he's even uh, expressed efforts that he's made to get to the bottom of exactly what he has to do. And um, yeah, to show that the law is off limits. And therefore, it's void for vagueness. And you have U.S. versus Kreitzer in 20 cases that cite Kreitzer, where uh, ta uh, let's see, where a law is vague or highly debatable, the defendant lacks the requisite intent to violate it. Those two arguments, void for vagueness and the Kreitzer annotation, in one motion, the constitutionality of the statute. It's a jurisdictional question which can be raised at any point. 
He's going to raise it in pre-trial, saying that these laws are off limits. I got this docket number over here in South Carolina. I got this docket number over here in South Carolina. Yeah, he sued twice. I got this one over here in South Dakota. I got this one over here in Indiana. I got these two from the 9th and 11th circuits. And he's going to gang up on these people saying, look at all the lengths to which the average Joe has to go just to get to the bottom of the law and fail at it. And you want to put me in prison? It violates the Constitution. Due process. I'm entitled to a lot more due process than this. And the government can't even interpret relevant provisions when it governs the entire workforce. Section 83. The second motion to dismiss for lack of subject matter jurisdiction. There's no offense before the court. 18 U.S.C. 3231 says the district court shall have jurisdiction over all offenses. So if you prove somebody's innocent, you've proven there's no offense. If there's no offense, there's no subject matter jurisdiction. First, they wrote a regulation to make citizens of the United States subject to the tax code. They can't do that. 16th Amendment violation. Constitutionality of the statute. <laughs> Secondly, all of this is about compensation for services. How does Section 83 operate in your conclusion that there's property received by him that constitutes gross income? There's no offense before the court. Lack of subject matter jurisdiction. It's a 16th Amendment violation by whim alone. Okay, no more about uh, irrelevant stuff. There's going to be plenty of chats about uh, I encourage you to join my private audio tomorrow night with Angela Stark, 6 p.m. Pacific. It's going to be topic number one. She'll probably have Rod Class on the air, Angela Stark. Uh, she does great work. So uh, <clears throat> I have two different motions. One is about the law. Hey, only name in a regulation and all property is a cost. There's no offense before the court. These are both 16th Amendment violations. And then the other, the statute's unconstitutional, due process. Uh, the law's a secret. And beside those two motions will be evidence in one place that both motions will draw upon under an offer of proof, which is an affidavit saying these documents are of this nature, that nature, and such an importance, blah, 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 and they're accurate and authentic and have not been misrepresented. And so both motions can draw upon all that evidence. And uh, I'm pretty sure the guy is hiring Lowell Beecraft for a tax evasion case. Lowell Beecraft got a man a new trial in 1998, Elton Silkman, on appeal on the Eighth Circuit. The court said, yeah, the, lower, the district court at trial screwed up. He should have been afforded the opportunity to prove, however unlikely the prospect might be, that he's been deprived of deductions allowable by law. And so they vacated his conviction, says he gets a new trial. And so under that banner, which is way more due process than you see most people get in tax evasion cases, uh, Beecraft got that victory, and he can go in and represent those two motions for this guy to make a great subject matter challenge, void for vagueness challenge. You can't put me in prison when you can't even talk about the law challenge that will go all the way to the Supreme Court. The process is already ironed out. We just have to copy and paste and amend a few briefs, and boom, the paperwork goes in for both levels, appeal and the Supreme Court. So uh, I, I don't – I'm not going to speak for you. I really hoped uh, all of this time I've been in this that anybody that hears news like that would – uh, first off, be impressed that somebody would mount such an effort. You know, U.S. District Court here, here, and here. U.S. Tax Court there and there. Appellate Court on three circuits, four circuits. 
the Kentucky counterclaim will probably be dismissed pretty soon. He'll be on appeal on the Sixth Circuit. Uh, and here we all go to the Supreme Court, and Lowell Beecraft is in tow. He's writing a – he has already written a friend-of-the-court brief for the two people that are about to file from the Ninth and Eleventh Circuits into the Supreme Court. Then the friend-of-the-court brief from Beecraft will be filed, and the two clients on the friend-of-the-court brief are Paymon Matahedda and Joe Bannister. I've never heard of anything like this. <laughs> I've never heard of anything like this. This is possible when you're not saying, show me the law. When you say, show me the law, they'll show you 15 or 16 different reasons why you owe the tax. And none of them will mention Section 83. Once you know which statutes to point to, it's a different game. You're violating these statutes to take my money because if you followed them, certain rules otherwise would protect my property from taxation, federal jurisdiction, whatever the argument has to be based on law. I'm not proving I have certain authority or status. I'm proving they have certain constraints on their authority and they pulled very particular impermissible stunts to acquire authority statute simply does not give them. So it's a statutory analysis that's at the foundation of what I do, followed by an analysis of what the IRS does, and an analysis of the regulations that permit it to do that which it does that conflicts with the statutes that I analyzed to start with. And I found some big ones big discrepancies between the authority they say they have and what statute actually says. And I, I've narrowed it down to 39 provisions, okay, uh, that were briefed in 1994. This is all very old stuff. And we're pressing the buttons again. The government still can't talk about it. And it leads to uh, what you see on the federal income taxation page of wevgov.com wevgov.com is my website. Federal income taxation page sketches the two main arguments. If you go to my YouTube channel, <clears throat> you can watch a video about it instead called Key to the Code. Go through all my videos here on my YouTube channel on wevgov.com. On the menu column on the left, go to the top of the page, click on YouTube 2. It'll take you to my YouTube channel. The video called Key to the Code and then there's one that says Section 83A Tutorial. Those are the two arguments framed on the federal income taxation page of wevgov.com. They're the same arguments that they've been since 1994. And the government still can't even talk about it. Other property, he's been listening to me now for years, uh, three years, four years, maybe even before that. And uh, he's always, always heard me say the same thing. Then litigation started, and he sees the government do exactly what I told him they have to in every case, so he knows I've been there before, and everybody can see the government doing exactly what I told him, where I told him everything would lead. The law will be a secret. They'll penalize you for asking. Every judge is corrupt. The law, you can't have these provisions. These. If Section, section 83 governs how to tax the entire workforce, independent contractor and employee alike. And if it hurt me, you believe it, they'd take it out and club me with it. Well, it must not hurt me because they won't take it out and club me with it. They won't talk about it. Now, how, how many challenges have you heard of that are simpler than that one? There's a secret statute. It explains how to tax the entire workforce. Go get it. That's as basic a task of civic duty as I've ever heard of. Here's the law. They won't talk about it. It explains your relationship with government. Go get it. Well, I think it protects me. You accuse them of it. Oh, well, here's your penalties. Next case, please. And they won't even talk about it. <laughs> it's a first. My work is the only place in history that allows you to do that. I take that back. I haven't studied his work yet, but I hear Lloyd Smith has done a category of research on the tax code, and he found some stuff too. 
in a different area of where oh, what a law has to have in place to be legitimate, okay? Uh, so I can't say only. Uh, I'm the only one using statute only. Uh, now, and uh, doing it in a manner that it has attracted Lowell Beecraft on the most controversial of issues, labor is a cost. Lawyers run from that. Every lawyer except the man. One lawyer has come forward to say, you know, I think you're right. And that's Lowell Beecraft. He's the only man among all of them. Everybody else has a mortgage, a student loan, college for the kids to pay for. They are interested in rocking the boat. They'll prepare your taxes. They'll represent you if you might be indicted or if you've been indicted. They aren't interested. One person has cojones, and that's Lowell B. Craft. So, and plus, you're not going to win on the statutory issues anyway. So all he has to do is be comfortable with the fact 83 applies. When they fail, go to the traverse. Void for vagueness, Your Honor. What are we doing here? The tax has to be imposed by clear language. They have to put their finger on the law permitting taxation. 2001, Supreme Court, United Dominion Industries Incorporated. And so they haven't done so, and you're going to send a man to prison while the law is a secret? So he doesn't even have to argue that the law, that the government's stealing. He just has to argue that the government is obviously derelict. They can't even explain the law, and you want to put somebody in prison when you can't even say which one of us is correct (laughs) about the statute that explains how to tax the whole workforce? See how ridiculous the traverse sounds? It reduces the court to a mock if they if they entertain to any degree further an allegation that the law has been broken. Prove it. We can't, Your Honor. Now send them to prison. <laughs> it just doesn't fly. So uh, I think he'll be plenty comfortable representing these arguments to the court with knowledge that they're going to the Supreme Court. They're going there now with Chris and Karen. Uh, Chris and Karen might file in the Supreme Court before Beecraft even gets these issues to file in U.S. District Court in that criminal case. Okay? So it's all happening right now. One man, one office, and uh, when possible, the, uh, the clients are taking up the slack with some of the clerk work, which I greatly appreciate because a table of authorities just really makes my blood boil. I just can't stand making them. <laughs> I'd rather write the briefs than do the table of authorities. So <clears throat> many irons in many different fires right now, all directed at the same thing. These issues and the Supreme Court, with a couple trailing in that cute little California tax court petition about the health care bill and assessment authority and 6201A. For anybody that hasn't read that yet, um, 6201A, that's the tax code, of course, says uh, the secretary is authorized and required to make all inquiries, determinations, and assessments of all taxes imposed by this title, parentheses, including fees, commissions, uh, I'm sorry, including fees, penalties, interest under such and such a statute, blah, 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 in parentheses, which have not been duly paid by stamp at the time and in the manner provided by law. Duly paid means, according to law, paid by stamp. Foreign insurers and casinos pay stamp taxes. The regulation they wrote says, the secretary can assess all taxes imposed by the 1954 tax code. And it doesn't mention the term stamp. So he's alleging that regulation deviates from statute and is therefore void. And number two, I allege they have limited assessment authority that excludes me until they wrote this regulation, and so I want the assessments declared invalid. That's a really easy argument to make. Uh, The 1939 tax code, section 3640, is the predecessor section to 6201A. 
and it doesn't have all the language in the center of the paragraph between parentheses. And to spread it all out so you lose track of, of the assessment authority they're trying to allude to uh, being limited. And you don't notice that the term stamp is at the end of a long paragraph in the 1954 code, whereas in the 1939 code, it's at the end of a very short paragraph. It's very obvious. Limitations. So anyway, that's been made in tax court. One man, one office. I'm writing all the briefs. Lowell B. Craft is on board. A couple of clients actually have resources to, to make the publishing costs. B. Craft has been paid for his friend of the court brief. Life is good. <laughs> and uh, I hope this has impressed uh, a couple people on the call, uh, hopefully a couple people that haven't heard from me in a while or maybe never, uh, DP Lum, welcome, Silversmith, Buck Roger, uh, you're not here very much anymore, Manufactured Lack, uh, welcome, guests 23 and 4, they're out of here, and uh, anybody else new on the call, um, Connecticut Fisherman, uh, and North Missouri, Wisconsin, South Texas, welcome everybody, my name is David Merlin. Um, none of this is legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider it something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where law matters. It doesn't matter here. I prove it on a daily basis. Believe it. I think I, I, I think I skipped that at the beginning of the show. Sorry. Uh, and a capper again. Uh, it's the. Uh, I think it's the the winner of the week. Rod Class. Right on. In the Supreme Court. For a mundane, run-of-the-mill issue, but. Turn that coin over and it underscores something I say all the time. Every judge is as corrupt as the day is long. The D.C. Circuit, look at the case. It's an easy issue. Can I challenge the constitutionality of a statute despite a guilty plea? Yeah. And the D.C. Circuit said, no, because we're corrupt, as corrupt as the day is long, and made him appeal to the Supreme Court. And he won in the Supreme Court on a mundane, run-of-the-mill issue that should have never bothered the Supreme Court. So uh, it's not a great big patriot movement victory. It's a big victory for somebody that happens to be in the patriot movement. And uh, hats off to Rod Class. If anybody has a question or two, let's get those out of the way and uh, then call it a night. Thanks, everybody. Hey, Chris. Okay, if you have any questions, feel free to go ahead and type them in there. And um, let me see. Silversmith, I don't know, but I will deep. Uh, Hi, Serpico. Uh, Ruby, how you doing? I haven't seen you for a while. Manufacturer Lack, don't know who you are, I don't think. But... Um, Hey, Serpico, you came in late. Uh, you're going to want, want to listen to the recording of this call. I gave a recap on a bunch of neat stuff, okay? And, uh, and if you have any questions, you can raise your hand and by hitting star eight. And I don't see anybody raising their hand, so... Uh, oh, wait a minute. Here's Serpico. Go ahead. Let me see. Go ahead, Serpico. Hey, guys. How you doing? All right, I'm at work. Um, yeah, I, I listened to most of it. I came in when the Ron Class was uh, – you're talking about that case. Um, I did get the 70-pound um, book with the, uh, with the rollers underneath, Dave. Thank you so much. Excellent. <laughs> so I'm really excited yeah, about uh, everything. Uh, uh, the flash drive, uh, when you need to navigate the contents, I'll give you the route to a couple of places in there that don't have links. Uh, databases full of stuff that you really got to start reading. And now for everybody on the call, Serpico is a police officer in the Midwest, and he just got a binder from me, that, one of the originals that went to the Supreme Court and was sent back to me, nine binders, one to each justice, a criminal complaint in late 2009. Uh, 700 plus pages, and he got a master flash drive with basically a Dave Merlin law library on it. Just mm -hmm. stuff I thought I should save. And uh, I hope you enjoy that, and let's have a conversation about it soon, Serpico. Oh my God, yeah. How am I going <laughs> to? I got a lot of reading to do before that happens. 
Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. You're quite welcome. Glad to give that to you. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I guess we can go ahead and tie it up. I um, I do like to mention that uh, a lot of great things are happening with, uh, oh, here, we got North Missouri. Go ahead, North Missouri, I think. Hold on. Having trouble unmuting you for some reason. Congratulations. Hello, Sammy, Dave. um, There he is. Congratulations. Uh, It's good to hear about Rod. Good. Who's this? Uh, This is uh, Missouri Republic. I had to come in on a different channel. Oh, okay. (laughs) Anyway, Good to hear. I was watching that case. Didn't know about it until this afternoon. I was so busy when uh, yeah. Dave mentioned it. Um, anything, uh, all I know is this is a this opens the door. I think for a lot of constitutional and jurisdictional challenges with what happened in Rod's situation. What do you guys think? Uh, of course, there were a bunch of challenges made. But the one on which it was overturned really is a mundane point uh, because it's so well established that, yeah, you can challenge the constitutionality of of a statute for the length of a conviction. It doesn't matter how many years later, uh, if it was unconstitutional now, it was unconstitutional then. So, um, and you can't waive right to jurisdiction. The court has to have jurisdiction with or without that guilty plea. So you can't contract. You can't contract the court into jurisdiction. That's all the Supreme Court decided, and it's a no-brainer. I knew all about it. Uh, It's great to have a victory every time you have one, yes, but it's not really a a call to bring out the trombones and the the bass drums. Well, these courts everywhere just presume jurisdiction. Well, whatever they do with jurisdiction. I'm just talking about the, the way the gears turn in that decision. And uh, the fact that it had to go to the Supreme Court proves the corruption. You don't have to, to really reach into this case to show that the circuit court just wanted to screw it. Right. I agree. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you, Missouri. And uh, All right, is there any other uh, comments, statements, or questions okay See you saturday hey uh chris yeah on the on these calls are we going to advise people that if they're interested in no late to email you or are we going to give out uh one of our um sign up pages well we could do either either because uh, what i'm doing is i'm sharing a lot of the people that are on the list um i'm, I'm putting them a lot under you or under somebody that's under you because, you know, I'm trying to develop a like-minded group of uh, people that uh, we're going to work together all across this nation to make, to educate people about the tax code. You know, it's one thing to fight the government. You know, it's one thing to fight it in courts. They're not going to listen. But just imagine if we could have little booklets or you know, booklets like we already have, but little booklets, just like um, like what I use to have how to uh, skills with people. You know, how to listen to people, how to talk to people. I got little books that are probably like five or six pages that I used to go over before I go on a sales call, and and it's a good thing to read to keep it in front of you. Well, imagine if we could get books like that all across the nation that when people sit on a grand jury, they'll have enough doubt if a guy is being charged with willful failure to file that they're not going to come back with a hung jury or hopefully uh, the best, not guilty. And because it's up to the American people to know the law. And and the courts are saying, you can't judge the law. You can only judge the facts. We'll tell you the law. And and you should know the law. The people should know the law. And so 
I want to get books and and documents and you know to every tax attorney, every attorney, every accountant, uh, you know people who do uh, uh, these these forms, and I want them to start writing to the IRS say, hey, how can I use Section 83 to make out a return instead of arguing? Well, I'm not one to make out a return. I mean, that's a good argument. Don't get get me wrong, folks, but there's a lot of people who have gone to jail because of that. So we need to educate the public. So get on board. If you don't know about Noble 8, email me at AmericanLiberties.LLC at gmail.com. Here, I'll write it in here. Um, American Liberties. I got it. Okay. And... Um, and 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 say I want to know more about Noble Eight. And I just had somebody call me just before the call and say, "Look, you know, I've been opening your emails and I see about Noble Eight. What is it all about?" I love those questions. So anyhow, we're not asking for money yet, but when we do, it's only going to be twenty-five dollars one time out of pocket, and we have great products. And great reason for you to become a a life member in Noble Eight. And with that being said, God bless America, and this call is officially over. Good night. Let's go. You know, let's do some. Let's do some. Let's do some gab shout outs first. Or let's do a couple of gab shout outs. All right. And then once we do a couple of gab shout outs, we'll go ahead and do some quick radio graffiti. If you want a gab shout out, all you got to do is like the gab post on my gab that says special edition. True Capitalist Radio is now live. Listen in. Hey, what's going on to fish? What's going on to soggy taters? Uh, what's going on? I'm not going to say that for Christ's sake. 390. Let's. Spend a little time and get them. Take. What was you thinking when you were doing this? I'm I'm waiting for a response. Then you put another family members in it too? And you sit right up in here while I'm in live stream and saw what the fuck I was going through. Saw what the fuck they were doing. 
know they attacking the goddamn family and through Facebook, and you got the nerve to do this and upload it to face fucking book? <laughs> I'm pissed the fuck off. Yeah, the slogan flip flop because I didn't expect this to happen. I'm addressing this other bitch ass nigga online, and then he pulled my son pulls up. So the show I was trying to get y'all just to do last night, I wasn't able to do because he didn't make you do. And this is all a surprise to him. I didn't call him and tell him I seen this shit. Huh? I will bang him the fuck up right fucking now if I want to and not with no motherfucking belt with these goddamn mitts. Nigga, I will bang
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.